You're listening to the Wellness Insider Network, episode number 19. Welcome to the Wellness Insider Network podcast, a place where you discover how to create a balanced, vibrant, and stress-free life with the right food, herbs, and self-care techniques. I'm your host, Lana Camille. I'm a college professor, drug information pharmacist, and an herbalist. Thank you for joining me on this adventure. Let's get the show started. Hi there. I hope you're having a great week. I'm very excited to introduce my guest to you today. Her name is Stephanie Zabel, and she is an herbalist and botanical educator. I met Steph when she was still working for Harvard University Herbaria, as she worked as a curatorial assistant. Her main job at the time was creating digital collections of dried plants. Steph has a very unique gentleness and curiosity, as well as wisdom, that comes from her deep love of plants and nature. And today, professionally, she helps urban dwellers to connect with the plant world. Steph teaches seasonally-oriented herbal classes that focus on local plants, herbal medicine-making, and plant identification. Steph is a creator of two different websites. One of them is Herbstock, which is a Boston community herbal conference. And then another one is called Flower Folk Herbal Apothecary. And she will talk more about each one of them in this interview. I cannot wait for you to meet her. Steph, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, Lana. I'm well. How are you? I am good. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for coming to the show. I'm very excited. And I wanted to pick your brain a little bit about a topic that is fascinating uh, for me, which is urban dwellers and herbalism and how these things connect. But before we start, I wanted to ask you how you became an herbalist. You have a very, very interesting path. So Tell us a little bit about it. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think becoming an herbalist for anyone is is kind of a, a long and winding path. Um, how how people come to it, and you know, in my case, um, I ever since childhood, I just always had a love of plants, and fortunately, um, many of my family members shared the same interests. You know, for instance, my my grandparents lived out in the countryside, and I spent a lot of time there just running around in their woods. And my grandmother, um, she grew up on a farm herself, so she always had an interest in natural health and growing plants. So she taught me um, some about just having a love of the natural world. And um, my parents, my mom especially, always had a really nice garden wherever we lived so um, I was exposed to to gardening and and plants from both my mom and my dad Um, and then you know fast forward a few years when I went to college I decided to study horticulture and botany at the time I didn't really know what I was going to do with it or where it would lead me but I just knew that I wanted to study 
and learn more about the plant world. So um, I took a lot of great classes in college, field botany and um, plant identification, things like that. Um, and then that led me to further studies. Um, I went on to do a, a master's degree in ethnobotany, which is the study of people and plants. Basically, it's kind of a, a inner disciplinary study combining botany and anthropology and ecology. Um, and I, I spent some time doing research on medicinal plants. I was really interested in um, how different cultures around the world use uh, their local plants for, for healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and after graduate school, well, from the grad school experience, I, I realized I wanted to do more, something more hands-on mm-hmm. with plants rather than study them in a research sense. Um, and from there, I, I moved to Boston and started studying with various local herbalists and really getting into um, the realm of herbalism, which to me felt a lot more down to earth and practical and, and applied and, and really helped connect me more to have a sense of place because I felt more connected to um, the immediate environment by, by knowing a lot of the plants right around me. Um, so that's a very short <laughs> version sure. of my story. Um, at the same time, when I was really getting into studying herbs over 10 years ago, I was also working at the Harvard University Herbarium, um, which is like a, a museum or a library of preserved plant specimens. Um, and this gave me, you know, more of a, a grasp, I guess, on the scientific part of the plant world of, of botany and plant identification. Um, but it was a good complement to my herbal studies um, as well at the time. And I, I worked there for about seven years while I was studying and starting my own herbal business. And um, after about seven years, I actually made the leap and decided to um, become full-time self-employed herbalist. That is wonderful. <laughs> so, it was a long journey yes. to get to that point. <laughs> and and I so we met is uh, for the first time when you were doing a plant walk for the Harvard University School of Medicine, and so they mm. they had certainly a connection between them and Harvard University Herbaria. And so I remember when you were talking about um, some of the plants that were growing that the uh, the library staff was growing. It was really fascinating. So so Steph, let me go back one step. So. So the difference between horticulture, botany, and then ethnobotany, and then uh, applied clinical herbalism, there is more uh, application in the latter one, am I correct? And uh, more clinical use, mm-hmm. and there is a little bit more science to the horticulture and ethnobotany, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say the clinical herbalism is more applied about using different plant medicines, plant remedies. Um, horticulture is more um, the art and science of growing plants, um, 
whether that's cultivation for food or um, for gardening mm-hmm. purposes, for or, ornamentation or beauty. Um, and then and botany, botany I would say is, is perhaps the the most sciency mm-hmm. of them all, maybe in some ways because it's about the classification of plants, all the plants in the world, and how they're um, related to one another, and how you can identify um, plants based on their morphological or their re- reproductive characteristics. Great. Um, so they're all they're all interrelated in in some way. And it's always interesting. So um, I was always taught that whatever you know, whatever you come across during your lifetime, whatever skill, whatever whatever information, you you can always use it somehow in whatever you end up uh, working with uh, in your passion. And so it's very clear how all these things are helping you to serve your clientele a lot better. So let's move mm-hmm. on to this for a second. You said that after seven years of being at the Harvard University Herbaria, you started your own um, herbal practice. So your herbal practice is called Flower Folk Herbal Apothecary. So tell us a little bit about that. Sure, yeah. Um, so as you said, I, I started this business um, sort of on the side in a very small way while I had a full-time job at the herbarium. And it's definitely evolved over the years. Um, it looks kind of different from from how it was started because I first started making a few different products, so natural, herbal. Um, actually, I was making kind of topical products at the time for, for skin, mm-hmm. Um for skin use, different salves and balms, herbal-infused balms and things like that. And I would sell them at various farmer's markets around town. Mm -hmm. And that was just a good way for me to kind of get out there and and get more people exposed to um, just purely natural herbal um, products. So um, I did start the business based on making things. Um, But over time, I started um, really wanting to do more with education. So I started offering plant walks around the city, doing um, outdoor walks that would teach basically people living in the city how to identify common plants around them and, and talk about their traditional medicinal or edible uses. So I, I started doing plant walks, and then from there I started um, doing more intensive teaching about home herbalism. So um, one of the big things I do now is a is a seasonal class called Herbs for Everyday Living, and the purpose of this class is really to give people a good starting point or a good introduction into herbs that they feel comfortable using um themselves at home. So um, that's kind of the the focus really of what I do now. Um, I also have done some client um, consultations, so wellness consultations where I work one-on-one with people to help match up uh, the right herbs for their situation or their current health situation. Um, And yeah, so there's been several pieces of my business 
um, that I've kind of just let evolve over time. But now, really, um, after all these years, it, it seems to me that the part that I love the most is really teaching. That's wonderful. Uh, there are a few things that you mentioned that I want to follow up upon. Uh, so one of them, you were talking about the uh, plant walks that you do with, uh, uh, with a variety of different people to teach them how to recognize different plants, different herbs that grow around us. Can you please talk a little bit about that? And also, how did you end up really in connecting the, the art and the science of herbalism to the urban dwellers. This is something that's very mm -hmm. interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, so as far as the plant walks part go, um, what that involves is I, I take a group of people out in an, in an urban area, basically. And you know, often I do this in Somerville, um, along the bike path or, or sometimes there's nice little kind of overgrown parks. Um, a lot of times the most interesting places to take people on walks are uh, somewhat neglected places or um, places that have been overgrown mm -hmm. by a lot of different vegetation because you can find the most interesting plants in those um, kind of wild, wildish urban places. So, mm -hmm. Really, the purpose is to help um, help urban dwellers realize that you know nature is all around us, and that spirit of nature, the spirit of wildness, <laughs> is really all around us. Um, we don't have to go out in some remote or far off place in order in order to feel that, in order to connect with it. Really, we can just um, hone in to the place where we are now because there is an abundance of um, beautiful and amazing plants all around us. Sometimes you just need someone to point them out to you or tell you what, what the name is. You know, often I find that if people have the name of a plant, um, even if they discover, oh, that plant over there is burdock and they actually have the name for it, they can can take that as a starting point for um, relating to that plant or um, seeing, you know, they'll start to see it everywhere um, more often. Right. Yes, right. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so as far as the urban dwellers go, I, you know, I also think it's really important um, to, to have these kinds of experiences in the urban environment. And that's really, for whatever reason, that's just where my path has always um, led me because I myself have, have um, I always imagined when, when I was older that I would be living in a rural area because mm -hmm. I love being out in nature. But for whatever reason, I've always ended up in a pretty urban area. And even my, um, my master's thesis happened through research in one of the largest cities in the world, in Mexico City, I mm -hmm. was studying um, the traditional herbs of um, still in use in Mexico City. So anyway, for whatever reason, I've always been on this path of helping to connect people who really need nature <laughs> um, to help them see it in, in the urban environment. 
And that's also what I do through um, my work with herb stock too. Mm -hmm. And so um, two questions. First of all, what is herb stock? And then I'll come back to the second one. Okay. Yeah. So um, herb stock is a community event, a community gathering um, that I started seven years ago seven years ago now um, and it takes place a few times a year now we've grown into an event that happens twice a year but the main event is um, in June in Somerville the first weekend in June and through Herbstock what we do is we bring together herbalists really from all over anyone who wants to teach and it's meant to be a gathering place for people to come and share their plant knowledge, their herbal wisdom um, with the general public because a lot of the herbal events and herbal conferences out there, um, they tend to be more geared towards uh, professional herbalists or um, you know, people who have been studying herbs for a long time. Mm-hmm. And Herbstock is really meant to kind of be a gateway for people who, don't, who may not know anything about herbs um, or natural remedies to be a very accessible, welcoming, open place for people to come and and just get engaged with the herbal community. Um, So we have over 40 classes over the the whole weekend. We have really wonderful herbal marketplace with lots and lots of vendor herbal vendors and crafters and and plant people that come we have also outdoor plant walks throughout the urban environment in in somerville um yeah and it's just a great place for people to come and connect to this community um and and to the plants and our goal is really to make it as accessible as possible. It's also a very low-cost event, too. So that's that's one of our goals, is to just kind of welcome as many people as possible. And so, once again, this uh, brings it back to the urban dwellers and people that really want mm-hmm. to learn a lot more about uh, herbs and herbal medicine. So what are some of the, like, if you really looked at someone who is an urbanite and who, like, why would someone need herbs? Mm, that's a really good question. You know, I think the, um, I think a lot of the our, our modern day urbanites, um, uh, I think generally we're we're lacking a connection to something that is um, nature based and okay. seasonal based. Um, you know, a, a lot of us have very fast-paced lives where we're always running from one thing to another, from work to events to, you know, trying to balance a lot of things. And um, at least a lot of people that I've seen in my own practice are dealing with a lot of stress, too, mm-hmm. because I think city dwellers are, you know, not only the, the fast-paced the life, but city dwellers tend to be exposed to a lot more um, stimulation, like unnatural stimulation and lights and noises and pollution as well. Um, so there's just a lot of factors, a lot of stresses about living in a 
in the city. You know, there's lots of wonderful things too, but mm-hmm. um, being in a in a city environment all the time can be stressful on the nervous system. Right. And um, one way that I find for myself and for other people that we can, you know, bring ourselves back into our body and feel a little more centered and grounded and, and calm is by having, um, you know, positive interactions with the natural world. Um, so that's why I always think, you know, just even just simple things, taking a walk outside in a beautiful area or um, sitting under a tree, um, just observing um, the natural world. And then, of course, as an herbalist, I also recommend, um, you know, ingesting some of these plants. Um, as teas, or even just smelling them, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's a range of benefits, like from essential oils and aromatherapy. So there's just so many ways um, like that, that urban urban dwellers can really benefit from interaction or contact with the natural world. That was wonderful. Thank you. And so um, there was another element of it that you also mentioned a little bit earlier is seasonal uh, seasonal aspect of plants and foods that also can affect uh, city dwellers. Can you talk a little bit more Mm -hmm. about that? Yeah, yeah. I really like to um, teach with a seasonal orientation in my classes um, because I think um, kind of tapping into or paying attention to um, the current season and and what it's offering us or what it's all about can really help us again be more grounded in in our body and in in the place that we're living. Um, you know, for instance, we're in the winter season at this moment. Just it's starting to feel a little more spring-like. It might be a few more weeks, but. Mm-hmm. Um, in the in the winter, you know, is a is a great time to focus on rest and a little bit more inwardness. You know, you look out at the environment and all the plants are still asleep, they're they're underground or the energy has gone into their roots. The trees still don't have their leaves. Um, so it's all about winter is all about stillness and rest in the natural world and kind of storing up your energy to emerge in the springtime. Mm-hmm. So when you apply that to the herbal realm, um, winter could be a really good time to focus on um, herbs that uh, come from roots, mm-hmm. for instance, because roots are storing all the energy of the plants. So whether that's um, taking some burdock root tea or dandelion root. There's so many wonderful medicinal roots out there, astragalus. Um, and a lot of these I try to um, incorporate either as a tea that I'll drink or sometimes I'll even put um, a few of these uh, root remedies in soup or mm-hmm. in broth. So um, that's just one example for the winter season. But I think really connecting in with the seasons as as we transition helps helps to keep us more in balance in our own body too this is great thank you um 
when when you talk about seasonal plants and foods, when you're talking about a variety of different things that support your nervous system and support the stress, um, is it usually the, the classes, kind of like the didactic teaching, or do you like to experiment for your clients and for your patients um, to, to really go and try these things? Yes. Well, it's a little of both, but really I do think, as you say, it's important for people to, to actually try these herbs and incorporate these plants into their own life and see how they feel to them. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of times, well, I'm always saying in my classes that, um, that everyone is so unique, you know, everyone's body is unique, their health history is unique, what, what everyone um, resonates with or is drawn to um, for them is unique. So, you know, you can get information in a class that says, you know, a certain herb has traditionally used, been used for a certain condition. But um, I try to avoid, if possible, that kind of, um, you know, matching because again there's so many factors to consider so what I really think is is important is just that um I teach my students to to um trust their sense of taste for instance because um you know oftentimes our tongue or our sense of taste or even our sense of smell too can give us important information about a plant and at the very least you know, relying on your taste and your sense of smell um, can help you discern, um, you know, is this a plant that feels good to your body? Is this a plant or a tea or a remedy um, that that you feel that you need at this time? So that <laughs> that's that's a practice that can be developed over time, and and people need to people through it can learn how to actually trust themselves, to trust their body and to trust that their senses are, are giving them um, good information. Um, and, you know, this is, this could be a whole other huge topic, but it's one I've always been really interested in. But there, I think there's a big difference between information. So knowing something intellectually so you can have a lot of information about a plant and the facts about a plant um but then you can compare that to your embodied knowledge um how that actually feels in your body and and how it physically or even emotionally affects you um so another thing i tell my students is there's a difference between information and wisdom (laughs) because when you develop your own wisdom you can more easily um, choose the the plant that your body needs at that point in time I hope that makes sense (laughs) I I love that message and it always brings me back to how I started as an herbalist and I started uh, 
learning about herbs as a pharmacist. And so I remember that I mm -hmm. would go through databases and books and variety of different resources. And I would mm -hmm. learn about toxicities and indications and all these big words and big, big concepts. But until mm -hmm. I started actually drinking teas and until I started putting these things in my soups and my chocolate and my desserts mm -hmm. and various mm -hmm. other places, I really didn't know any of these herbs. I really didn't they didn't, I didn't connect with them. And so this is why mm -hmm. in my classes, I kind of like, you know, it's a mandatory part for students, you have to drink teas, or you have to taste these things, you can't just, just like you said, there is a difference between information and wisdom. And until you develop your own wisdom and your own comfort level, I don't think you can really appreciate these. So, so thank mm -hmm. you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, one thing that I remember coming across on uh, on your website is something that you uh, love everyday herbs for joyful living. So how do herbs promote joyful living? <laughs> um, yes, well, personally, I, I think they do because herbs and plants to me are just such a a beautiful expression of nature. Um, and I, I just think whether you get joy or beauty out of plants from looking at them or from smelling a beautiful flower, that brings joy. Um, and I think, as, as you were saying too earlier, just connecting with um, various plants, I, you know, personally, I do think that is something that brings joy to the human heart. Um, because it's a way that we can have a deeper relationship with the whole world around us by mm -hmm. just acknowledging these plants that grow around us, just um, appreciating them. And if we want to develop a further relationship with them by bringing them into our homes, bringing them into our lives, um, drinking them, eating them, um, it really, I think, is something uplifting and can be profound too thank you thank you so so if someone wanted to to start developing this relationship what one thing would you recommend them to try doing hmm that's a great question well i actually might recommend two things okay um the one is simply just observe so if someone even someone living in a in an apartment in the middle of the city, just observe on your normal walk or routine um, during the day, one plant, pick out one plant, whether it's a tree or a tiny little weed growing out of a sidewalk crack, um, it doesn't matter, just notice that plant every single day that you walk by um, and observe how it changes throughout the season. So that's one really simple thing. Mm -hmm. um, the other simple thing is, um, as you were saying, what you do with your students is, is just start, pick one herb and drink it as a tea, as a simple tea. Um, and maybe you want to do that once a day for two to three weeks and notice how you feel after that point in time. And that's, that's just a really simple, nice, lovely way to connect with one herb. That is wonderful. Thank you. So um, as we uh, 
finishing up this uh, conversation, this interview, I have a few more things for you. So one of them is I want to ask you about some of your favorite herbal resources, whether it is books or conferences or teachers or companies, anything that that kind of jumps out at you. And then oh, the sure. other and then the other question that I uh, want uh, your uh, feedback on is, is there something that we have not discussed in today's conversation that you really want this audience to know? Okay, sure. Um, well, as far as resources, um, one of our, one of my favorite books that I always recommend to my students is one called Herbal Rituals. And this is a book by um, a woman. She's an herbalist who I believe she still lives in New York City, at least at the time where she when she wrote the book, she was living in New York City. Um, and I just love this book because one, it was written by an urban herbalist, and two, it's very seasonal oriented. Um, so each chapter that she writes is one month of the year. And um, it's not a science-heavy book at all, but it's very beautifully written about how um, this one particular woman is able to connect with the plants in each season in her city environment, and she offers little recipes, um, and it's just beautiful and, mm. and simple and very approachable book, so I mm -hmm. love that book. Um, I have lots of other favorite books. Um, I actually do list a lot on, on my website and on the Herbstock website. Mm -hmm. We have a great resource list if anyone okay. wants to head there um, for more books. But, um, you know, there's so many wonderful herbalists out there that have written a lot. Um, you know, Matthew Wood, Rosemary Gladstar, um, Susan Weed. You know, there's a, there's a lot of great herbal writers. And sure. I'm definitely not mentioning all of them. Um, and I'll, I'll definitely then, include links to the herb stock and to your website so so people can uh, take a look at the full list of resources. And then you were great, yeah, great. and you were mentioning mm -hmm. something else. Oh yes, and then um, would it be helpful to mention places sources of herbs? Sure, where sure. people can find. Um, you know, locally in the Boston area, there's, um, if you want to get dried herbs, there's um, Cambridge Naturals, which is a great place to get um, an array of, of plants. And then if you're looking for fresh herbs grown locally, there's a few herb farms around um, that do herbal CSAs. One of them is Muddy River Herbals. Um, there's Sawmill Farms, which is in western Massachusetts. There's um, another urban flower farm called Saluna. So um, there's, there's also possibilities for getting fresh herbs, too, if people want to work with the fresh herbs. Um, yes. And then your other question was, anything else I want people to know? Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, well, I think I just want people to know um, that... The world of herbalism is vast, and I see a lot of people who often get overwhelmed by it. And I remember that I myself, when I first started getting into herbs, I felt very overwhelmed by um, 
not only the number of plants <laughs> that are out there in the world, but just the amount of information um, about herbs and oftentimes the conflicting information mm-hmm. that you can find. Um, so again, my advice is just to try to keep it really simple and bring it back to um, you and your body and uh, try to trust your senses and try to trust um, what you're naturally drawn to. Mm-hmm. And um, and you also might see some, some interesting um, synchronicities when you start to enter the world of plants. You might notice that all of a sudden, um, if you're really in really starting to love calendula, you might notice calendula images or calendula flowers popping up everywhere in your life and, and try to pay attention to that. Um, because it's, I think it's just all a part of, um, the herbal path and where it's, where even the plants are trying to lead you. I love that. I love that. Uh, Steph, thank you so much. Can you uh, tell us where our listeners can uh, find you so they can learn more about you and more from you? Yes, definitely. So my website is flowerfolkherbs.com. And there I list my upcoming classes. I also have my resource page, as I mentioned, and Mm -hmm. I write a little blog with articles there. Mm-hmm. I also have a newsletter you could sign up on the website for. Um, and then herbstock.org is my other um, website, and that has more information about our big herbal event and just some other great resources um, for, for learning there. And, so and the event itself, places. right? Yes, definitely, and the event um, itself. And our next event is coming up on uh, June 2nd and 3rd. Fabulous. Fabulous. Steph, thank you so very much. I always learn something new and something fascinating from you. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. It was a pleasure to speak with you. I appreciate it. Likewise. Likewise. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you really enjoyed this conversation with Steph Zabel. If you're interested, you will be able to download a list of your five simple recommendations to help you as a city dweller to do better. And you can find this list in the show notes with all the other resources. wellnessinsidernetwork.com slash 19. Please subscribe to the show to get the future episodes automatically downloaded on your device. This episode is proudly brought to you by Herbstock. Herbstock is a grassroots organization in Boston area. It's also an herbal event. Herbstock hosts classes on herbal and holistic health topics, uh, offers urban plant walks, and brings together herbal crafters and artisans from across New England and so much more. This year's main event is on June 2nd and 3rd in Somerville, Massachusetts. I hope to see you there. In the meantime, thank you again for listening to the podcast. I appreciate you. Be smart, be healthy, be you. Mm